Innalhamdalillahi nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruh wa nastaghfiruh wa natubu ilayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyi'ati a'malina man yahdihillahu fala mudilla lah wa man yudlil fala hadiya lah wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lah وأشهد أن سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويوفي لكم ذنوبكم ومن يؤت الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها فكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار الحمد لله الحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعله إوجا الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا الحمد لله رب العالمين All praises due to Allah the Lord of all the worlds All praises due to Allah who has guided us and we would not have been able to guide ourselves ourselves had not Allah chosen to guide us all praise is due to Allah who has revealed the scripture unto his servant and has made no crookedness therein. If we just briefly pause on the last verse. Alhamdulillah illadhi anzala ala abadihi al-kitab wa lam yaj'allahu iwaja. He's revealed all praises due to Allah who has revealed the scripture unto his servant and has made no crookedness therein. In this great station of revelation, and the Prophet ﷺ being the last human being in the history of humanity to have revelation conferred upon him, in this great, great, incomparable station, Allah honors his Prophet ﷺ by referring to him as his servant. Anzala ala abdihil kitab. The station of servitude, maqam al is one of the greatest stations we can attain to. And the essence of our religion, to a large extent, is actualizing the station of servitude. Because to the degree that we actualize the station of servitude for ourselves, tahqiq al-ubudiyah, 
the Anfusina, then we actualize the station of lordship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tahqiq al-rububiyah li rabbina. This is an inverse relationship. And to the extent that we actualize illusionarily, not in reality, or so let's rephrase that, to the extent that we do delude ourselves into believing we have some lordship, then we negate our servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is very important because we live in an age of negation of our servitude to Allah. And this is why you see the proliferation of atheism. You see the proliferation of rebellion against Allah. You see Muslims declaring things that the entire ummah for all of its history to this point has declared to be haram, forbidden to be halal. Muslims. Because of the distance of this ummah, generally speaking, from actualizing its servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of all the worlds. And we think in the, the days of, of universal empowerment, where we want Muslim power, we want woman power, now we have a, one, uh, uh, we have a, a men's power movement, we want black power, respond to that, we have a white power movement, we have Black Lives Matter, and now we have White Lives Matter. We have trans power and LGBTQ, trans is in there, power. Everyone wants power, but no one wants to be a servant of Allah, which is a negation of our illusion of power as human beings so that we can be truly empowered through our Lord. Aziz bin Nah. There is no power independent of the power of Allah. We say that, but the meaning doesn't sink into our hearts. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. You ever say that? You might not understand Arabic, but I'm sure you've said that. Some people repeat it. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. There is no strength and no power except with Allah. But we say it. But have we internalized that meaning and what it means in terms of what it means to be a human being? This is a statement that contains within its meaning an integral part of what it means to be human, truly human. Because to be truly human is to find one's power through Allah, not through our own efforts. And that is what real justice is. That's what real justice is. Allah Mustan. That's not what we wanted to talk about. That's a thought that came to mind. We said, Alhamdulillahi anzala ala abdihil kitab. Ala abdihil kitab. So the Prophet was honored with ubudiyah. And some say, Abdiya. Are we honored? Or do we find the thought somewhat unsettling? Through no fault of our own. We're influenced by the zeitgeist. 
of the time and place we find ourselves in, the spirit of our times. That's the Zeitgeist. That's a fancy German way of saying the spirit of our times. What we wanted to talk about is to build on last week's chutbah, which obviously wasn't here, but to just one of the things we focused on was the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the one who has revealed the scripture unto, uh, who has deputed, who has sent from the unlettered, the Arabs, generally speaking, but the Ill, specifically the illiterate folk amongst the Arabs, Rasulam minhum, a messenger from amongst them. They knew him. And the point we wanted to make lies in the following. He recites the signs of Allah unto them. He recites the Quran to them. So we mentioned this in the context of the recently passed Rabi al Awal, the month of the Mawlid, where people commemorate or celebrate, and some don't, most do. Or, or remember or mention the coming in, into the world of Muhammad and his significance. And his greatest significance is the Quran. He reveals, he, he recites his, Allah Ta'ala's verses, his signs unto them. This is a reference to the Quran. And he purifies them. And the goodness so purifies them through the process of refining our souls and our hearts and our spirits in, in one sense. But also, any good we can affirm for ourselves, it comes through our following Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Allah Ta'ala says, فَلَا تُزَكُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ don't affirm any goodness for yourself. So a recommendation letter in Arabic, we call it tazkiyah. Say, can you write a recommendation? Write all the good things about me. Allah says, And then he said, don't affirm your own virtue. And he says about our Prophet him. So he purifies them, but also our following of this Prophet وسلم, in that lies the affirmation of our virtue. So any virtue we might have to use the language of the Hadith scholars. Any virtue we have is extraneous. It's not because of us, essentially, it's because of something external to us. 
And that external something is our following of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. him. So Quran is mentioned once. He teaches them the book. He teaches us the recitation and pronunciation of the book. So when we're studying Tajweed, it comes directly from our Prophet which came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every single letter, the Jews lost the ability to pronounce the name of the holy of all holies. Ask any rabbi. The Muslims retain the ability to pronounce every single letter of our scripture. Every single letter, every single vowel of the scripture. And this is what it means, as the Mufassirin explains, He teaches them the scripture, the book. And, and wisdom in this context and the understanding of the book. Because everything has a haqiqah, the hadith of al-haritha. كَيْفَ أَصْبَحْتَ أَصْبَحْتُ مُؤْمِنًا حَقًا أُنظُرْ مَا تَقُولُ لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ حَقِيقًا How did you wake up this morning? يَا حَارِثَ I woke up as a believer, truly. Be careful, watch out for what you're saying. Everything has a deeper reality. In other words, there's a deeper reality to your faith. And for those who think haqiqa, this is something, the idea the Sufis invented, it comes directly from this hadith. Because he, he goes on to say, I see things that ordinarily aren't seen. It's as if I'm looking at the throne of my Lord and I see the people in paradise visiting each other. With the clarity, I see you. And then I see the people in hell being tormented. And then what did the Prophet say to him? So you understand, you, you have experienced the deeper meanings of this whole thing. Adhere to that. So from that you get haqiqah, and you get ma'rifah from this hadith. Sufis then make it up. But this is another issue. So the, the reality, the, the kitab has a haqiqah. And the haqiqah li lies in the meaning. In and of itself as externally pronounced. Anyone can learn to do that. Not anyone, most, many people, most people. Some people have speech defects and can't do certain things. But the haqiqah lies in the hikmah, in the understanding of the book. And th this is another thing that the Sufis talk about and people think they made it up, but it's from this ayah. Al-farq wal-jama'ah. The external thing that's separated, even it could be sharia, kitab, from its deeper underlying, reali underlying reality and meaning is incomplete until there's connectivity 
al-jam'i. So the farq, al-kitab, wal-hikmah, and when they're brought together, it's al-jam'u. It's the unification of form with meaning. And this, this extends to everything in this world. And so three instances involve the Quran. Yatlu alayhim ayati, wa yuzakihim, wa yu'allimuhum al-kitab, wal hikmata, wa in kanu man qablu lafi dalalim mubin. So we, we don't want to expound on this anymore. That was last week's khutbah, even though most of you weren't there. Some of you were. What we want to mention is we have to strive to understand al-hikmah, to understand the book. Read the Quran, the translation. Read it in English. Read it in Spanish. Read it in French. Read it in Urdu. Read it in a language that you understand so the recitation you have can be united with the meaning. And then the full strength of the Quran will dwell in your heart, will enter into your heart. And then you'll, be, you'll have armor with which to engage this world. A lot of meaning, a lot of Muslims are buckling under the, the pressure of kufr because of this separation. A lot of Muslims, and, and part, an integral part of that unification is the language of the Quran. The meanings of the Quran are conveyed through the language of the Quran. And many Muslims have rejected the language of scripture, wittingly or unwittingly. And they understand the illusionary world because there's no key to unlock the reality of the world except through the language of the Qur'an. That's the key. And so there's an illusion of understanding that leads them to uh, undertake things that, have, that these, this Muslim ummah has never endorsed throughout the entirety of its history. Throughout the entirety of its history. Let there be no change or alteration in the creation of Allah. What are the implications of that? Just one simple phrase for the whole movement of transgenderism. There's an implication. Most Muslims don't know. So many Muslims out there advocating for transgenderism. So it's important for us to understand the Qur'an. Not just to recite it, but to understand it. And then to understand the language that it gives us to understand reality. So there's no time what I wanted to, to just mention something from the story of Ibrahim salam. When Allah said, وَذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ إِنَّهُ كَانَ so uh, remember in the Quran, Ibrahim, verily he was uh, amongst the deeply truthful, and he was a prophet. So a Siddiq. Our affair is built on honesty, and a corollary of honesty, sincerity. 
That's one of the foundations of our affair. But if we don't have the proper language, we can't arrive to truth. And so we're looking at reality through the lenses of falsehood. And as opposed to arriving at truth, al-haq, we arrive at delusion, al-wahm. This, this is the nature of what's happening to us. And we have to stop it. Not just for our sake, for the sake of humanity. When the Muslims adopt the language of the world and see the world through the lenses that are provided by kufr, what hope is there for, for humanity to have any alternative reality or to have reality, period? There's no alternative reality like Dawkins. It all came from an alternative universe as if that solved the problem. It's like uh, circularity squared. May Allah give us tawfiq. As if that doesn't solve the problem. No, reality, period. Nabiya, he was a prophet. We have received guidance from our Lord. Revelation is a source of knowledge for us as Muslims. We can't sideline it. We can't run away from it. We can't marginalize it. It's going to be there, whether we like it or not. Some people, some Muslims are becoming uncomfortable with revelation because it presents some inconvenient truths that the zeitgeist finds uncomfortable. The spirit of our times is antithetical to those truths. But we, we are truthful and we affirm truthfulness in the sidq. Honesty is at the, the heart of our affair. And prophethood is at the heart of our affair, our affair. And challenging illusions that benefit humanity in no way, this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're asleep at our watch. Ya abati lima ta'budu. Oh, my dear father. Adab is part of our. There's another lesson. His father's going against, is, is engaging in shirk, but he still has the adab to address him in a way befitting of the fact that he's his father. Oh, my dear father. Why are you worshiping something that cannot hear and it cannot see and it cannot benefit you in any way in terms of guidance and direction? This is what we should be saying to our people. Why are you worshiping these things? Why are you worshiping money? Why are you worshiping the illusion of power? Why are you worshiping sex in all of the manifest ways sex is being worshiped? Why are you worshiping these, these things? They can't, they can't hear, they can't see, they can't benefit you in any way. 
يا أبتي قد جاءني من الله قد جاءني علم ما لم يأتيكم فاتبعني أهدك سراطا سويا So it comes back to revelation. He said, I was lost. Not that lost. He was smashing idols even before the revelation came. But I, I, why I, there's knowledge has come to me. Now I have revelation. So an affirmation, revelation has come to me. Guidance from my Lord has come to me. So follow me. We should have the confidence to say to our people, follow me. As opposed to, I'll, I'll surrender what 1,400 years of history, of wisdom, of the finest minds to ever walk this planet have arrived at, and I'll give it all up, and I'll follow you in your empty, vain experiment. Islam is no experiment. This is 1,400 years of experience. Are we going to abandon 1,400 years of experience for an experiment that has been going on for 20 or 30 years? In some instances, less than a decade. These are the types of questions we have to ask ourselves. Are we going to say to our people, فَتَبِعْنِي اَهْدِكَ سِرَاطًا سَوِيَّةً Follow me and I will guide you to a straight path. We are the, the scholars are the heirs of the prophets. And it, the, the scholars have an ummah. And we have to be, as an ummah, guiding people. Guiding our people. Lest they go to their destruction. Look, we're destroying the planet. We're destroying the human being. We were discussing. People were like, why are you so bothered by the whole transgender thing? Number one, I'm bothered by the fact that in a decade, because of the billions of dollars to be made, there's, there's no money to be made with the L nor the B nor the G. But the T, there's a whole array of surgical procedures that will get instituted into our medical practices. There's a whole array of instruments. There's a whole genre of hormones that will require lifelong application. In other words, there are billions of dollars to be made, and there's people who are exploiting the issue in terms of the emotion. Why are you Muslims so merciless and cold? and non-understanding, so they can reap those billions. That's the reality of the situation. But once you accept that, once you accept that science and medicine can totally alter a human being, then there's no moral argument you can make against transhumanism. Because transhumanism is science totally altering a human being. You've accepted the premise. Now, what argument do you have to stand between Kurzweil and his singularity? 
where the, the carbon-based biological human meets the silicon-based machine, and then we merge it together, and we create gods. That's his Kafir that's his way of seeing it. When he's asked, do you believe in God, what did he say? He said, not yet. We're getting there. He didn't say we're getting there. By implication. That's what's at stake. Who's going to defend the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Who's going to defend the male is in no wise like the female? Who's going to defend the complementariness? Once we do away with the clarity that lies in that lies in the male and the female, once we do away with that clarity and all the lines get blurred, who's going to, who's going to be left to defend our origin and our reality? Which reality, no matter what you do, how much science, how many operations, how many hormones, you're going to be XX or XY. That's the reality of the human being. And you can't alter that. May Allah give us tawfiq. So he says, knowledge has come to me. Follow me. I will guide you to a straight path. Ya abati la ta'abud al-shaytan. Inna shaytan kana lirahmani asiyya. Oh, my father, don't follow Satan. Verily, Satan is an intense rebel against the most merciful. Inna shaytan kana lirahmani asiyya. We're either fighting against shaytan and fighting against the rebellion of shaitan, or we're, we're aiding and abetting through our uh, neutrality. Those who believe, they fight in the way of Allah. Those who disbelieve, they fight in the way of shaitan. So fight you all together, the dupes of Satan. Verily, the scheme of Satan is weak. Satan should be, we should be revealing the guiles of Satan, exposing the guiles of Satan. Some of us are uncomfortable talking about Satan. Why? Because we've been removed from this language of scripture. Shaitan occurs throughout the Quran. Shaitan is real. Shaitan is real. His dupes and demons are real. And they're wreaking havoc in our world. And we should have the integrity, the moral integrity, to oppose it. But we can't. We can't unless we have a connection to this language, unless we understand the scripture. This is, this is imperative. Ya abdi inni aqafa an yamassaka adabun min rahman fatakuna lishaytani waliya. Awliya ash-shaytan. 
Oh, my father, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, I fear that you will be afflicted by a punishment from the most merciful, and then you will become a dupe of Satan. This is the father of a prophet. This is someone who's close to the prophet. What about us? It's easy to become a dupe of Satan. It's easy to become a wali of Satan. We have to protect our deen. We have to protect our hearts. We have to protect our consciousness. And we can only do that if the meanings are penetrating to the core of our being. A final point, I'm past the time, is this. If we're not steeped with the meanings, it's difficult to develop the passion that's necessary to defend it. It takes passion. If we are not connected with this language, what does it mean? Scholars, a learned person who doesn't see himself or herself. We have female scholars who doesn't see himself or herself taking up the mission of Ibrahim, taking up the mission of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, defending principles and language and ideas and culture that are rooted in a reality that this world cannot give birth to. That's what's at stake, brothers and sisters. So we have to go back and we have to heed the, the, the wisdom of scripture. We have to envelop ourselves in the ayat. And we have to constantly recite the kitab. And we have to understand what the kitab, what the scripture means. May Allah give us tawfiq. May Allah give us success in our endeavor and our affairs. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum. Muli sa'irun mu'minin ya qawm astaghfirullah. Alhamdulillah, he was salat was salam ala rasulillah wa alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa ala in Allah wa malaikatahu yusadun ala nabi ya ayyuhalladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam Alhamdulillah Something else that understanding the scripture gives us and understanding the language of the scripture gives us is the ability to find joy and to find happiness amidst all the confusion and all of the stress and all of the bad news. Because one thing we understand is that the bad news is not the only news. If it bleeds, it leads. If it bleeds, it leads. So we read about the scandals, and we read about the, the bombings and the stabbings. 
only if it serves someone's agenda. Like two people get stabbed on a, a bridge in London to death. Everyone knows about it all over the world. I'm not defending it. It's a dastardly, cowardly, sick, psychopathic action. But, I mean, two people get stabbed somewhere in Oakland or Chicago every weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night, and no one knows about it. How come we all know about that which happens halfway around the world and we don't know about this that happens in our own backyard? Because what's happening in our backyard doesn't serve anyone's agenda. What's happening in our backyard, if we analyzed it, then we realize there's some changes we have to make at a high level. Because this quietly feeds the whole prison industrial complex. And, 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 and so keeping that quiet allows us to continue with the, the disgrace that the prison industrial complex constitutes. And broadcasting what happens on a bridge in London feeds the military industrial complex. So broadcasting that is in the interest of someone's agenda. But we have to understand truth for what it is, that a death of an innocent person is a death. And is, no matter what the circumstances are, it's just as condemnable. And just as we have to take steps to stop that kind of senseless killing, we have to take steps to stop this kind of senseless kill killing. That, that comes from understanding reality for what it is and not the distortion of reality to feed or serve someone's agenda. But if we as Muslims don't become those who begin to show this is exactly the same as that, this deserves as much attention as that because we're committed to truth and we're committed to human life and preserving it. This is one of our great uh, overarching objectives of our law, the preservation of life. Then we're not doing our jobs. So may Allah give us tawfiq. But the point, despite all that bad news, we have the ability to smile. We have the ability to live lives that aren't engulfed and enveloped in fear. There are people afraid to go outside because all they do is watch the news. Oh my God, I'm gonna get stabbed, I'm gonna get mugged, a terrorist is gonna assail me, I, don't know, I, I can't go outside. The Muslim just goes freely. He says, Bismillah, tawakkalna'ilullah. I know generally if I'm not wrapped up in anything, my life is gonna be safe, especially if I look like a Muslim really going to be safe, inshallah. So we just go about our business. That's the beauty of our religion. And no one, don't let anyone take it away from you. Don't let what's happening in the world and being presented in its distorted, its distorted form take your, the joy from your heart. The joy that comes from what? Through worshiping Allah. The joy from reading Quran. The joy you feel after a day of fasting, now you're breaking your fast. 
The fasting person has two joys. There's joy in our religion. Say, in the grace of Allah and in his mercy, in this let them rejoice. Let them rejoice. We're joyous people. As we go and work to solve the problems of the world, that helps us to work on it. There's no activist burnout with a Muslim. There's only mashallah. Man, you've been working at this for 10 years and nothing changed. Mashallah. That's 10 years of thawab in my scale. Well, alhamdulillah. So if you, not, you don't believe this 10 years of wasted time, like, man, I could have been doing A, B, C, or D. I've been doing this for 10 years and nothing changed. If you believe in Allah, in the mal'amalu bin niyat, in your niyyah, was to serve the creatures of Allah and to bring relief to them, then you have 10 years of ajr. You didn't waste your time. That's the best way to spend your time. The essence of the religion is serving Allah and serving his people, serving his creation. I've only created the jinns and human that they worship me. You're the best people raised up for humanity, that is to say, to serve humanity. Khalas. We worship Allah, we serve humanity, we die. If something changes, we say, Alhamdulillah. If nothing changes, we say, Inshallah, children will get it. Then we die, and then it's all over. We're smiling in the grave. Sweet dreams, perfume, nice windows, see our place in Jannah. Grass and flowers, the garden from the gardens of paradise. Nice and spacious, comfortable. Allahu Akbar. Some people don't think about that. <laughs> Being in the grave. Allahumma fil muslimin wal muslimat. Wal mu'minin wal mu'minat. 